Hi there. We're so glad you found us. Welcome to Embers, a podcast by Volo. We at Volo are committed to guiding teens as they seek to create authentic relationships in our increasingly digital world. Once these youth experience the power of being in community and their vast capacity for connection, we challenge them to go out and make the world a better place. Our circle is open to every race, gender, sexuality, ability, religion, and background. Our podcast is a hub of inspiration for both teens and adults. Embers is a place where our teens share their stories as they navigate the waters between childhood and adulthood. We realize they've got a lot to teach us, but they hope for something to us, too. Join us here as follow youth explore timely and compelling topics, fanning the embers burning in each of us. In this episode, our teens explore the topic of social media activism and share insights into how they create community and cultivate change online and off. They openly share how they experience social media activism and explore both the positives and negatives of taking a stand within a digital space. Curious about what they have to say? Come along. Hi, I'm Dana. Hi, I'm Angel. Hi, I'm Macy. So, welcome to Embers. I'm so grateful to have you, Macy and Angel, here with me today. Our podcast is about social media activism, and it feels particularly timely, having just heard the verdict of the jury in the George Floyd case and uh, witnessing online a place where a lot of people are expressing their views of not only that court case outcome, but the Black Lives Matter movement and topics that connect to that. And I think that Black Lives Matter, it's important to say that that's obviously just one area where people express their views, but it feels to me like a particularly energized area and one that maybe is a catalyst for people to express themselves in all sorts of ways. I want to start before I get down that rabbit hole too far. I want to start and and really keep the focus on your opinions, your experiences on this topic of social media activism. And so I would begin on a simple level by asking each of you to, in your own words, define social media activism, what it is and where you see it and experience it. And how, if you do participate, how you participate in it. I think social media activism is such a, I don't know, it's such a wide thing because I think we all know how like vast and kind of crazy the internet is. So I think kind of social media activism isn't just one thing. I think it shows itself in so many different ways. But I think I will kind of focus on how I've seen it in mainly an app called Instagram where I feel... I see most of the social media activism happening by, you know, my fellow peers in the community. I think I would kind of describe it as like young people. They are bringing attention to any topic kind of regardless of what it is, like including, you know, the recent news, but also 
other topics that they feel need to be seen, they can either post that on their own page, so it's kind of up there for a while, or on their story, just to, you know, bring attention to it. And I think there is some really good positives to that, but I also think there's some negatives, which I think we can talk about later. But yeah, it's a really, really easy and convenient way for young teens to have a voice, and it's not really necessary for them to like exert too much effort or put themselves out too much to kind of, in a way, make a standpoint and express how they are feeling. Thank you, Dana, again for having us. And Angel, I don't think you could have said that better. I think one thing that I picked up on what you said was that it's a way for them to have a voice, for kids our age to have a voice. And I think that's what social media activism is and centered around. But I also think, like you said, that it's a very broad thing. But I would define it as similar to what I said, a way for kids or teens to use their voice, whether that's in a big or a small way, because sometimes we're put in this place, whether we don't know where or what we should say or how much we should say, but should we just say this? Is it enough or is it too little? Because Social media can be a scary, intimidating place, but it's also what our generation has been brought up to know and to kind of live off of. And I think, like you also said, Angel, it's a very, there are lots of positives to it, and it can be a powerful, engaging way to create change, but there are also some downsides to it, and it can create a lot of tension, but it has become such a strong way for our generation to pave the way for the future and what we want to see in the future. And I think that by itself is quite powerful. I feel like there are so many positives, but the internet as well as social media, it's, I have no idea how to explain it other than like, sometimes it all seems like one big trend. And, you know, People, it's seen with like today's TikTok, there's so many trends there and people follow them, they do a dance or they do something. And unfortunately, when it comes to activism, some people have the same exact mindset, like this event here with some type of violence towards some person or some group of people defending them or speaking up for them right now is a trend. And so people will do certain things to make it seem like they are doing something like they're being activists but it's like what we kind of have termed the name of like performative activism is when somebody like posts a picture or they post something up to their story just because everyone else is doing it and they really have like no idea what's happening or they're doing it just for you know the acceptance or the kind of just so people know that they're also like they're also fighting for the people they're also like in agreement But I feel like if you aren't taking the time to really read into these things that you're posting, first of all, it's disrespectful to the group or of people or topic or anything that is being spoken about that people are trying to show and bring light to. And second of all, you aren't actually learning what's happening. It's just performative and you aren't contributing to anything. You're just doing it because you think it's a trend. And then once you think that this like so-called trend is over with, you're going to throw it to the side and move on to something different. And that's the, I think, the biggest negative 
that we have with social media is that some people see it as all fun and games when people, when other people are really trying to use this as a pivotal tool, a significant tool to, you know, really inspire change. Yeah, absolutely. And how you said it's kind of like fun and games and it just becomes this repetitive motion. And I would absolutely agree with you with that being the biggest downside and negative to social media that I think people in our age are kind of falling into that trap and it becomes, like you said, fun and games rather than something truly that can create change. I think that's something I know personally I've really tried strongly to do on my social media and whether that's, you know, saving a post, I'm going to go read that later or looking it up if I don't know what this word means. And I think that's a start. And because I see, I don't really want to be that person that posts what everyone else posts, if that makes any sense. I think I really want to educate myself on those things because I think that's in some way more powerful than just, you know, jumping the gun to posting something that I'm not aware of. And I guess I would would ask you, do you see that in yourself? And do you have similar experiences, rather? Similar experiences to kind of like whenever I personally post something to like look into it or like do my part to like get go deeper into it. You are you saying? Yeah, yeah. I would say similar experiences with kind of both of those things, but also do you see that on your social media, you know, with other people posting the same things? So I thankfully think I luckily I think that many of the students that go to my school and many of the people who post on social media, what I see, they do a pretty good job of, you know, resort of like looking into other resources to really back up their claims. And you can see that with how they post kind of a variety of different sources, not just kind of the same one that everyone has. And they're going deeper and they are not all just talking about the same topic either. They're bringing to the table several different topics because it's really also important to know that like just because one thing's happening doesn't mean that 10 other things aren't happening as well. And although we have so much to focus on in 2021, but it's really important that we give our attention to just everything that we can. And so I feel personally in my community, I don't see too much of like the performative activism. Yeah. I should say that I don't, you know, it's not the majority of my Instagram or that it's just that performative activism. But I think it becomes the same sources, especially when something big comes up in the news, you know, it becomes the same. I really appreciate where you two have taken this. And I'm really curious, you know, as you've looked at what social media activism is to each of you, kind of in general, and then personally, the benefits and the advantages. I'm curious where you two think we go with kids who are not, for one reason or another, are not active on social media. You know, how do we include them in the conversation if we were to focus on the benefits like the sense of community and empowerment that not only a cause gets, but I think kids and people who are involved in those communities, what we feel when we're kind of all in this together trying to get our voices heard and messages out and change made. How do you think we engage teens who aren't on social media? Yeah, I'm curious where that lands with you too. So 
I would say my favorite thing about the real work that's done on social media is meant to implement change in the real world. Social media is only a kind of medium to convert all the energy, all the workforce into, you know, real life. I think the way it's to be done is something that I, okay, I'm not trying to be cheesy here, but I think something Vala does really, really well with, and it is conversation. And when, if we're saying that kind of online activism isn't something like a possibility for some teens, I think one of the only ways and one of the best ways it just so happens to be would be conversation and learning about experiences that people are going through and how to sympathize with them and kind of inspire change within themselves to inspire change within their community. I feel personally, being a person of color, that a lot of people that I have come in contact with not necessarily have been overtly racist, but overtly ignorant. And there's a really big difference, in my opinion, because it's simply not knowing the other's experience. And if you aren't on, you know, social media all that much, it can be difficult to see, like, what kind of most of the world is doing now in kind of respects to other people and being respectful to other cultures. So I think the best way to do it is conversation, to listen to how people are being treated in ways to treat others with more respect and be sensitive to people, like every aspects of who they are, and inspire the change in yourself so then you can go on to inspire change in the community, like I said before. I love that and that notion of kind of being a quiet role model and just letting people follow your lead. Macy, I'm curious if that resonates for you or what other things come to mind as I as we think about both kids who are not engaged in social media activism because they're not on social media or endure this idea of, you know, the pressure to do it when you're online. Right. What Angel said really resonated with me. And I was going to say something really similar about engaging those who are quiet role models or in other ways, are also not on social media, but it's really through conversation. And I think that kind of goes hand in hand with what Angel was getting at with that social media is a step towards bigger activism, worldly activism. And I think those conversations that you have with those people that are are not socially active, that can form a bridge with those who are socially or on social media I love that idea of, I don't know, I think I have a soft spot in my heart for some of the kids who aren't as active online for their own reasons. And I love this idea of connecting through conversation as a way of bringing them into the fold and that being a catalyst for everyone to be out in the world making a difference kind of beyond the scope of social media activism. And I think you two have really so articulately highlighted the benefits and the challenges of what social media activism can bring to individuals as well as a cause. I love the idea of it being a space that can inform and inspire, and then you take it somewhere else. You know, you take it beyond that. You don't just sit with that knowledge, but you do something with it. And I am curious, as you two just sit for a moment and reflect, do you feel a pressure or an expectation by the people who are in your circle online when something in the world happens that 
they are looking or expecting that you will post something. And it's not to try to say that that would, that you would be posting for anything but genuine reasons. But I do get curious about that, you know, in a similar way, I think sometimes we feel a pressure to respond to people's stories or to their posts. And we really want to respond because we want to respond. And so in the same regard, I'm curious, when you two decide to post something to your story around social activism, if you ever feel a little bit of tension there of, wait, why am I posting this? And what you think, if you can speak to this, of what others might experience. I would say, for one, I feel pressure to be on social media to post whatever, regardless of what's going on in the world. That's just, I think that's our generation. I think there's always going to be that social pressure. But in terms of when there's something, you know, big and going on in the world, I do feel some pressure personally, I think. And I think something that's kind of been engraved into a lot of people our age is that, oh, what are they going to think? Or what are they going to think of me? Or what does this mean if I post this? And I think if I were to, even if it's something on my story, which is only up there for 24 hours, if I post something, I want to make sure that I connect with it and I truly understand it. And that if someone were to come and ask me a question about it, I can answer them and not just say that I posted it because everyone else was posting it. And I think that's something I've learned and tried to carry on, you know, as I navigate social media is you have my own voice, whether it, like I said earlier, be big or small. Um, Cause I think sometimes I fall into that category of that quiet role model. Sometimes I think I am not always posting every single day about something, but I'm kind of on the other side of reading into everything that's being posted. I would say, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's what I would say. <laughs> Absolutely. And I really appreciate you in a modest way, but clear way, sharing the intentionality behind what you do post and that there is a recognition that people notice that they notice when you do and when you don't. And I bet you are a role model for your peer group because of not only how thoughtfully it sounds like you post, but also I'm imagining in conversations outside of social media that you are informed about what you're sharing. I think we'd all do well to live by those ways. Thank you. Angel, I'm curious what you would say. Yeah. Um, Macy, I just want to say I also really like that a lot. It's really cool to hear that people who are not necessarily in my direct community, but are still like in my, you know, area of community are doing what it takes to, you know, really be informed about things that are going on in the world. So just wanted to like, give you a thumbs up for that. That's really cool. I'm trying to think because I honestly don't think there is usually, or me personally, I don't feel a pressure. It's more of a responsibility. It is the idea that even though I am who I am in American society, I still have the privilege of speaking up. And this is not the same for everyone. This is just me as a human and how I personally feel. So similar to Macy, I will look into a a topic or I will research it. And after I do so, I will post it or I will put it on my story because I feel like 
not everyone has the ability to do so. And this goes to kind of the quiet role models that you're talking about. They might not have the ability to do so. And I know that within myself, I do have that. And so I feel like it would be almost wrong of me just to sit by having the privilege of being able to do so and not do it. And so that's kind of why I wouldn't say there's a pressure, but that's just for me personally. Go back about a year to the murder of George Floyd. And I'm curious, as you reflect on social media and activism, I wonder if you have noticed or are aware of a shift in social media activism, or if there's another turning point where you could kind of put your finger on saying, wow, whether it was an event or not, but was there a point you feel like you maybe gained awareness of a shift in social activism through social media. And I'm not, uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth or thoughts in your head, feelings in your heart, but I am curious if you notice a difference since you've been on Instagram in the role of social media activism. I would say that last a year ago, rather when um, the murder of George Floyd happened I think that was when I saw on my Instagram and social media the biggest shift. I think I started to pay more attention to what was going on and kind of, you know, this ties back into what I was saying, but educate myself. And that's when I saw the biggest change and biggest push for change, I could also say, on my social media. And I think from there, it's just ramped up more. And going into the more positives, because I could also go into the negatives of this, but with social media, I think that is something that I've seen with the positives of it is just how quickly people are aware of these things and the amazing things that have come out of it because of it. That to me is really inspiring to see a community of young people mainly posting things like this and, you know, viewing things and having kind of what Angel was saying earlier, those community conversations and seeing different perspectives. And that's, I think, where those benefits come in. And I think those changes and those big shifts of social media have really tied into all the social activism that has happened, really. I would, that's what I would say. Macy, will you just briefly, you kind of alluded to, but maybe it's your personality that you didn't want to go down some dark hole. I'm curious just if you can briefly talk about the negative side that you said you kind of mentioned at the beginning. Yeah, I would say those negatives are very similar to what Angel and I were talking about earlier in this podcast episode, but um, just that it becomes a whole world of a lot of information and a lot of unknown areas. And I think a lot of people have alluded to social media becoming a dark place. And I would say that that is sometimes where it can go because there it's just so big and it has the ability to take a turn super, super quickly. You take a shift of perspective, of information, of majority of things. But that's what I would say those negatives are, is that it can become kind of a toxic environment at times, if that's a way to put it. But I say that 
with the overall scope of what social media is, not necessarily completely directed at social activism. That makes perfect sense. I asked that question because I didn't want to make an assumption, but I do understand it does tie back to this notion of pressure and performative and kind of disingenuine posting that I think it sounds like people like the two of you are helping others see how to, I don't know if it's like responsibly post or earnestly post or post in a sincere way. And the more people that can do that, maybe the less pressure there will be to post anything one sees. I'd love to hear what, if any, change you've noticed in the role of social media activism, perhaps since the murder of George Floyd, but maybe not. I think I experienced the same change, you know, social media activism that everyone else did. It seemed like after the murder of George Floyd, there was, you know, a roar of just so many people who were getting really, really upset because it seemed like this was the first time in like modern day that people were actually taking, like were paying attention to the murder of an innocent black man. And I'm not sure what made this one different than any of the others that had happened in the past. Maybe it was because with today's technology, it was so easily and readily available to record what happened. Maybe it was just because people were finally fed up. I'm not quite sure what it was, but this time seemed different. And it was never like any other time I'd seen in the past as a child seeing any black man or woman or other person of color, mainly black or black men or women get shot. It had, I'd never seen this much attention being put on it before. So I would definitely say it was a turning point for social activism. And it was almost like an opening for other things to come about. It like through months and months of like Black Lives Matter when the unfortunate uprise of, and I wouldn't even call it an uprise. I think it's the, like, similarly to the killings of black men and women, the focus now of the killing of Asian men and women, there's more attention being put on it now. And I think that is mainly because people have taken the time to focus on the killings of black people. It was a turning point to open our eyes will open not our eyes, but maybe to eyes of people who hadn't seen it before. And it was showing that the world, there are many in the world who don't stand for this and are willing to speak up and fight for what is wrong and fight for what eventually will hopefully lead to justice. I love all that. I'd like to bring our conversation to a close, but before we do two ideas, one is I'd love to hear what you two would like adults to know about social media activism and teens' use of it. Because this Ember's podcast is a platform where we think it's vitally important that teens' voices be heard and their ideas expressed, recognizing you two obviously don't represent all teens, but my sense is you represent many of them. And so I'd love you to use this as like an open mic space to share really candidly with the adults who are listening to this and with the teens, but more focused on the adults. What do you want them to know about how teens use social media activism? I think I would tell parents that 
being a teenager is so much like it's looking into the universe within your mind and having to, you know, navigate through all of this. And so like everything all at once and also be in high school. I would say that social media is not for every teen, but if your teen does decide to do it, I don't know, do your best to support them in being healthy with it and using it for a way to really bring attention to topics that matter. Make sure that what is being posted is real and they've researched topics um, that they want to speak on and that whatever is going out into the world is genuine and that it's meant to inspire change within the real world. And something I would also like to add would be what I said is I'm not every teen and I know that not all teens enjoy social media and not all teens feel like that is a comfortable place for them to express how they feel, you know, politically or socially. And so what I would say to them would be to be yourself and to find the way that you feel is comfortable for you to share throughout your community what's happening in the world because it is important to speak up because as I don't like how this sounds, but as American citizens, we have the right to speak up and not everybody in the world has that. And I think it's necessary for us to speak up because like I said, not everybody has that and we do. So, yes. I would um, absolutely agree with you with all of what you just said, but also focused in on what you were talking about with our parents and adults is I think that's really important for the relationship between teens and adults is that they both understand what's going on, but that the adults and mainly our parents can kind of help be our guide, even if they aren't fully savvy on social media, but that they can be our guides and what we are educating ourselves on. And that with what you said, Angel, the, what we're engaging in is going to spark some type of change. And, you know, you can leave small footprints with what you do, but if it's going in the right direction, if it's respectful and, I mean, I guess you could just say inspiring, if it's going to, you know, help others and leave a positive impact, I think that is what adults should know and be aware of is that, Really, just what Angel said is that they are there to support their teens or, you know, a community of teens, very similar to, you know, the values of Volo and, and what we do, but that they are there as support. They don't necessarily need to direct you in saying this or that or posting that or also swaying on what you should believe, right? Because we have that ability to choose that. That's on us. And that's something that's special. But allowing without being so constricting and forcing to teens, because Angel, you said this so beautifully, that we have a universe that we're trying to navigate in our minds. And that's a lot of pressure on teens. So if you can be this soft navigating force in our lives, I would say to our the adults out there, I think that's really strong. And something that they should know. I really appreciate the word full, the fullness of what you two shared combined. 
because it also, as an adult, it, it doesn't put me on the defense or kind of leave me wondering. It's clear and um, really helpful. So yeah, I just want to leave space right now. If, if there's anything else you two want to either ask each other or share with our listeners about your perspective on social media activism as we bring our conversation to a close soon. I would just love to say to Angel that what you said earlier about, you know, educating and yourself through social media and, you know, having that knowledge and why not with all that knowledge that I have posting about it and, you know, sharing that and becoming an activist, that's really sticking with me. So I appreciate that. Yeah, that means a lot. I feel like being heard and that's so awesome. And that's, I think that's truly the heart of what social media activism is to do. And that's to speak and be heard and then to listen. It's to be able to have human interaction, even if it's not face to face, because at the end of the day, we all all are human and we're fighting for a world that can thrive off of peace, harmony and equality. So even though it seems daunting to do, it's like we have in our statement that it's necessary work. So, yes, thank you, Macy. And I really appreciate you for that. Um, I just have to say I've been very, very inspired with all that you've said. And it's really left me with something to think about. I love how you two just shared what you shared and the, yeah, the realness of it. That's what we want here is open conversations that I can speak for one that, that I can say, I think your openness with one another and your curiosity about each other's stories as well as experiences. And this idea that in a relatively short amount of time, we have a lot to teach and learn from one another. So it's really inspiring to have been a fly on the wall as I listen to the two of you. I think what the two of you said was beautiful. And I'd like to end our conversation as we end many of all our conversations with a single word um, to capture the feeling you're leaving with as we finish this conversation and move on with our day. This is hyphenated. It's human interaction. I would say touched, grateful. And my word would be wholehearted. Thanks, you two. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Dana. Thanks for joining us today. If you would like to help support teens, please hop on over to volomeen.org slash donate. Your generous contribution helps to fund free retreats and workshops for young people across Maine. Thank you. Music from this episode was created by one of our many talented teens, Miles. It's a pleasure having you in our circle today. Until next time, take good care.